Hello, it's Tax Credit Tuesday. I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is the Novogratik Report on Tax Credits. This weekly podcast is presented by Novogratik & Company, LLP, a national firm that offers a full spectrum of accounting and consulting services. Check us out online at www.novaco.com. Today is Tuesday, June 16, 2009. I'm in Los Angeles today speaking at the National Council of State Housing Agencies, or NCSHA's, annual low-income housing tax credit conference. I'm also speaking at the Affordable Housing Investors Council, or AHIC, meeting, as AHIC meetings are meeting before the public sessions of the NCSHA meeting. Representatives from the Department of Housing and Urban Development and the Internal Revenue Service are here and will be speaking on a couple of the public NCSHA panels, one of which I'm also participating in. Next week, on the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast, I will share with you any breaking news from HUD or the IRS that comes out of the NCSHA conference regarding the TCAP or Credit Exchange Program. This week, we will share some highlights from our 8th Annual New Market Tax Credit Spring Conference that was held in Washington, D.C. last week. But first, let's review new guidance from the IRS about a renewable energy provision of the Recovery Act that allows taxpayers to claim the investment tax credit for renewable energy in lieu of the production tax credit. On June 5th, the IRS published Notice 2009-52, which provides a description of the procedures it has established to administer one of the provisions of the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009. Under that provision, taxpayers can make an irrevocable election to take the investment tax credit for energy property under Internal Revenue Code Section 48 in lieu of the production tax credit under IRC Section 45. The provision outlined in the June 5th notice is the first of two significant changes made by the Recovery Act to renewable energy tax credits. Under this provision, developers of a broad range of production tax credit facilities, or PTC facilities, for which the tax credit is calculated based on the production of electricity, can opt to, instead, elect to take the investment tax credit, or the ITC. The ITC is based on the cost of the facility and served mainly as an incentive to invest in solar and fuel cell facilities before this provision. Some listeners may recall that on March 3rd, we discussed the pros and cons of claiming the ITC in lieu of the PTC. For those listeners who missed our discussion earlier this year, or could use a refresher, let's start with some background. The ITC and PTC are generally claimed for different kinds of renewable energy sources and operate quite differently. When the ITC is claimed, the entire 30% tax credit is claimed in the year the facility is placed in service. For certain facilities, that credit is 10%. However, when the PTC is claimed, it is calculated at a price per kilowatt hour that is adjusted annually for inflation. In contrast to the ITC, which is claimed in one year, the PTC is claimed over a 10-year period, and it is calculated based on the energy production and sale. The new provision added by the Recovery Act allows taxpayers to choose to make an irrevocable election to claim the 30% ITC in lieu of the PTC, which would be generally calculated at 2.1 cents per kilowatt hour of energy produced and sold. The election applies to the following renewable energy facilities, wind facilities placed in service in 2009 through 2012, and closed-loop biomass, open-loop biomass, geothermal, select solar that was not previously eligible for the ITC, landfill gas, trash, qualified hydropower, and marine and hydrokinetic renewable energy facilities placed in service in 2009 through 2013. The election does not apply to refined or Indian coal facilities. In Notice 2009-52, the IRS says that the election to claim the ITC on an otherwise PTC-eligible facility is made with a timely filed return that includes a Form 3468 with certain specific information which is listed in detail in the notice. This means that a taxpayer will have, until the due date of their tax return, 
to consider whether or not to choose the ITC rather than the PTC. A copy of Notice 2009-50 can be found online at www.energytaxcredits.com. As I mentioned earlier, the Recovery Act made two significant changes to the tax treatment of renewable energy facilities. In addition to the ability to elect the ITC in lieu of the PTC, the Recovery Act provides a mechanism for both ITC facilities and certain PTC facilities to claim a grant in lieu of tax credits. This provision was passed in Section 1603 of the Act. Notice 2009-52 does not address the 1603 grant program, but reports suggest that the IRS may issue guidance on the Section 1603 program in about a month. Novogratz and Company is already preparing to publish analysis of this guidance when it becomes available. We expect an article will be published in the August issue of the Novogratz Journal of Tax Credit Housing on the topic. Stay tuned for details. We'll also cover it in a future podcast. Moving on to our second topic for today, let's listen to some highlights from last week's New Market Tax Credit Conference that Novogratz and Company held in Washington, D.C. Last week, six of my partners and I gathered in Washington, D.C. with more than 230 community development professionals for the 8th Annual Novogratz New Markets Tax Credit Spring Conference. Our first panel was an introductory session at which representatives from the event's co-host firms discussed their perspectives on the current state of the market and what they see for the road ahead. Their comments ranged from broad goals for the NMTC program to specific observations about the direction that deals are taking in recent weeks and months. Kermit Billups with Capmark spoke about his thoughts on the next steps for the NMTC community. We've always held the position that the most important thing for us to go for now is, is permanence in the credit. Uh, that will bring, I think, uh, a little more clarity to the lawyers, the accountants here, uh, to the investor uh, body. It will allow folks to see a program that's going to continue and allow folks to plan on something that's going to continue instead of going through the year-to-year generations that we go through. So I think uh, that would be our, our first request would be to make the program permanent. Karen Williams, with the law firm Lane Powell out of Portland, Oregon, agreed with Kermit's comments about permanence. She also noted that Congress has demonstrated support for the program by increasing tax credit authority for the NMTC program in the Recovery Act. I think that bodes very well for the program because it's an acknowledgement from uh, Congress that new markets is an effective way to get money into distressed communities. Matt Ryline with J.P. Morgan Chase also spoke about the additional tax credit authority provided by the Recovery Act. Specifically, he noted that the latest QEI issuance report published by the CD5 fund shows that the outstanding available tax credit authority is about $7.3 billion, which is near the all-time peak for the amount that has been available since they started issuing the report. But as an industry, I think it presents us with a unique opportunity to determine how we want to move forward, and I think it's going to impact all participants having that amount of tax credit authority available across the entire country. During the Washington Wire panel, Allison Fian with Repose Associates also spoke about the future of the program and an extension of the tax credit. And I just want to say that we are absolutely going to get an extension of the new market tax credit this year. We have had um, the new markets tax credit coalition which many of you are uh, supporters of, and we appreciate that, has really two goals going into this new Congress, the 111th Congress. Clearly to extend the new market tax credit. Um, a long-term extension is our ultimate goal, but just continue to see it um, move forward. And um, as this market changes, we are also very conscious that we want the new market tax credit to stay competitive with other credits in the field. 
Allison also spoke briefly about the GAO report that we discussed in last week's podcast. Also on the Washington Wire panel was Jerry Breed with Brian Cave, who spoke about the NMTC program regulations and the amendments that are being developed. Other panels during the conference included a mid-year review, during which panelists recapped the status of applications and allocations, recent Treasury guidance, and the various impacts of the Recovery Act. There were also panels that addressed topics on community benefit agreements, exit strategies, and pairing the NMTC with renewable energy tax credits. If you weren't able to join us in Washington last week, you can still hear what was discussed during these and other sessions that were recorded and will be available on a CD-ROM. We are compiling the presentations and audio recordings from all the panels right now. For more information on the CD-ROM, please visit www.novaco.com or call our products desk at 415-356-7960. That's 415-356-7960. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's report. Please join us again next week when we will again bring you the latest news and information on tax credit matters, including any breaking news on TCAP and credit exchange funding that comes out of the NCSHA public sessions here in Los Angeles this week, as well as any breaking news that comes out of the congressional hearing on the GAO report on the success of minority entity CDEs that will come out of Washington, D.C. this week. This is Michael Novogratik, and I'll be back next Tuesday. Thanks for listening.